Good morning. Okay, so I know that uh, football season is over. Some of us are mourning the fact that the cheetah has been ch- traded. Um, but I do know uh, that when certain folks go to that large church called Arrowhead Stadium, <laughs> that they make more noise than what I just heard. So. Uh, if you don't have any other reason to say uh, be happy about today, take a breath because it wasn't promised. So let's try it again. Good morning. Thank you so much. That makes me feel better. I, uh, uh, so so I, I, there's certain things I have to do. So when you see the bishop, you can tell him that I actually did this. I greet you in the name of Jesus and bring you salutations from our resident bishop, Bob Farr, the cabinet, the conference staff and the district that is now the heartland and will soon be the new northwest. How about that? All right. All right. All right. Uh, I felt better. I do. Um, I I, I want to, uh, first of all, thank uh, Pastor Cassidy. Um, If you don't know, I love all of the pastors some of them I like more than others. <laughs> I, I actually like I actually like Mike. Uh, he's he, he's a great guy and uh, he's a wonderful wonderful servant leader. Um, I know you all know that. Uh, be, be, before I get started, I want to also make sure that I acknowledge um, not my better half, my best half. Um, my wife uh, Kamiko has joined me this morning. Joined us this morning. So, so y'all know I don't mind being her arm candy. Anyway, uh, 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 the 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 last thing that I want to say is that um, so you know a little bit about me. I am the son and great grandson of Methodist circuit riders, and my father actually was an ordained elder who served in this conference, um, served in this district, and so. Um, And my great grandfather actually rode on horseback preaching the good news of Jesus Christ uh, to folks that did not know. So I've got a love, a great love of John Wesley, everything Methodist, especially that little word called grace. All right. The other thing you need to know about me is that uh, for 20 years and 15 days, I served my country mostly honorably in the United States Navy. I, I, I say I say mostly honorably because if you know sailors, you know that that's a struggle. Um, uh, so 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 uh, in, out of that, I got two things. I have a great love for all things decent and in order. And the last thing is I have a very, very weird sense of humor. And so um, if I say something that cracks me up, you don't have to laugh. I'll laugh for everybody. All right. Um, But I would ask that you would uh, pray with me and pray for me and we'll go ahead and get into the word. Amen. Amen. Oh, God, I give you thanks on this morning for place and space. I thank you for one more opportunity to proclaim your word. And I would ask on this day that you would save me from me. Hide me, oh God, in the shadow of the cross. And let the words that come forth be thine and not mine. This is my prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. So uh, uh, today I'm reading out of the New Revised Standard Version from Esther, the fourth chapter, and I'm reading verses 12 through 16. That's um, Esther, the fourth chapter, verses 12 through 16. When they told Mordecai what Esther had said, Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all 
the other Jews. For if you keep silence as uh, at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter. But you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for such a time as this. Then Esther uh, said in reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will also fast as you do. After that, I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I'd like to spend just a few moments on the, 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 the question um, or the statement or the proclamation. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, this is a question that as a child I despised. I'm, I'm sharing with you. This is the moment of vulnerability. <laughs> Who knows? This question always, not sometimes, but always left open the possibility that I would not appreciate the answer. As a child, who knows usually meant no, but it was a nice no. As a child, who knows might mean maybe, but it didn't leave much wiggle room for negotiating when the no came. And the no always came. As an adult, I, I now know that who knows is a period, an exclamation point, or a question mark. That is, who knows may be intended to be a statement, an exclamation, or a question. However, if who knows is a question, it is usually a rhetorical question, not requiring a, an immediate or uh, a spoken answer. Who knows is often uh, offered as an invitation to the hearer to insert herself or himself into whatever brought about the need for the who knows. On this day, on this month, during this season, when we are uh, remembering uh, uh, where we are in our faith walk and, and, and looking for that, that critical self-reflection, but also celebrating confirmands, I'm, I'm led to be more inclusive than normal. I'm a pretty inclusive guy. But today I'm more inclusive than normal. I, I have to say I was really struck during the children's moment when uh, uh, the, 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 the young lady that was leading the lesson said, give me a big smile. And this little girl sitting right here looked at her and went. That made my day. Talk about keeping it real. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. So so. So who knows? After today, there may be a slight shift in perception. Who knows? After today, someone might just leave here viewing younger saints a little differently than when you may have first arrived. Who knows? Maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit will open some hearts and open some minds to a new way of seeing and appreciating the young people that God has placed in our lives. Who knows? Who knows? 
in order to gain a fuller appreciation for the who knows uh, 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 of today's text, I, I believe that we need to go back to the Reader's Digest version, if you will, of what's happened or transpired up to this point. May I? Thank you. The king of Persia, Xerxes, or uh, Asherus, if you're feeling a kindred spirit with our Jewish cousins, begins a six-month-long party to show off. At the end of this six-month-long party, the king decides to show off his wife, Vashti, who decides to show out by not allowing herself to be shown off, which leads to her being shown out of the door. And now there's an opening for a new queen by way of not so subtle manipulations by Esther and her cousin and stepfather. Figure that one out. Mordecai. She is chosen as the king's new queen. But there's one small problem. Esther is Jewish. Mordecai convinces Queen Esther to keep not only her ethnicity a secret, but also their relationship. Entering the story now is a Persian named Haman who hates not only Mordecai, but all of the Jewish people. And his hatred runs so deeply that he tricks or bribes, you figure it out, the king into allowing him to issue an edict that allows all Persians to kill every Jew and take their possessions. Now, scheming Mordecai has an ace up his sleeve and sends a message to Queen Esther advising her to speak with the king, interceding on behalf of her people. But here we have another small problem. You see, uh, for for Esther to to enter in to the presence of the king without being summoned by the king places her into the Vashti section of ex-queens. Or worse, dead queens. Are we are we caught up? All right. So today we're going to focus on two verses, verse 13 and 14, as we hear three God sent realities for our hearing. There is no safety in placement. That's the first one. If we will not, God will provide another. That's the second one. And the last one is that God has us where we are for such a time as this. Our who knows lesson opens with Mordecai's message to Queen Esther. Do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the other Jews. Now, 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 I know that there's no one here present today guilty of this. But I have known or observed some young and not so young uh, saints who believed that certain rules were no longer applicable once they had attained a certain station in life. Let me say this right now. It does not matter how high we may have risen. It does not matter how far we may have traveled. In the end, someone, someone somewhere is always going to remind us of what and where and who we once were. I'm talking about our trying in vain to shake uh, stereotypes, trying to Uh, change misperceptions, trying to move past lies, and every single time being reminded that no matter how far we may have risen, we are still nobodies in somebody's eyes. Let that sink in. No, 
No matter how far we have traveled, no matter how far we have risen, there will always be someone to remind us of what we were, who we were, and where we were. Whether our homegrown homeboys are motivated by the possibility of societal upheaval, you know, the, uh, a threat to the way things are, or are just so in love with being a have and not desiring to share with have-nots, there will always be someone somewhere to remind us of what we were, who we were, and where we were. Some of us may call these types of people haters. Haters. But truth be told, we need to give thanks for our haters. I've said this before, you haven't heard me, so I'll say it to you. If you don't have enough haters, let me know and I'll give you some of mine. We need to be thankful for those who constantly want to drag us back to where we used to be because that might just spur us to keep on pushing positive uh, so that we don't have to slide back to where we used to be. It might keep us moving in bold and new directions. We need to be thankful for our haters because that constant reminder of what and who we used to be might just keep us humble and grateful to the one who brought us out of what and who we used to be. Who knows? Who knows? Next, we hear, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from another place and you and your father's house will perish. If that went by somebody, allow me to offer the Gilmore interpretation. <laughs> if we do not move on behalf of those who are weakened and vulnerable and lost and the least, then the Lord will send another and what we may have tried to avoid or stop from happening will happen anyway. What am I saying? I know someone is asking that very question right now. Allow me to make it plain. We can stick our collective or individual heads in the sand. All we want, feebly attempting to ignore our duty to make right the wrongs of the world, we who are with it can make every effort to ignore the cries of those who are without it. There used to be a time long time ago, when someone made it, she or he made sure that the others coming up behind them made it also. It wasn't a handout, it was a hand up. I found a way through because somebody made a way for me to find a way through. I stand on the shoulders of giants today, not because of what I've done, but because somebody prayed for me and brought me out. We used to do that for others. We made it a point that anybody that we saw, they didn't have to share our last name. 
anybody we saw a small child. We we would take it upon ourselves to make sure that that child had every opportunity to succeed. The village truly raised the child. That was then. Now. Now. We see wrong and won't do anything, anything to fight for right. Oh, how times have changed when we make it now. We close the door. Change the locks. Install an alarm system. And we'll call the police if the alarm goes off. Amen. Amen. Okay, 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 okay. I'm, I'm talking about stuff that's way out there. Y- y- y'all, y'all are not with me yet, so let me bring it a little closer to home. We see another family struggling with the demons of drugs or alcohol or abuse or mental illness, and we will make every attempt to make sure that their problem stays with them. With them. When the truth is that every family, every family, yes, Even the families that are in here, even my family, has issues. If you are in a family that is issue-less, please let me know. Because I really want to talk to you. I need some guidance. But every family has issues. Every family, yes, even our family has problems. And, And our silence is not making the issue or the problem go away. And while I'm on my soapbox, let me offer a lesson that my grandmother taught me a long time ago. We need to be careful about pointing the finger or making fun of someone else's problem because God has a way of visiting that very problem on the person that's pointing and making fun of that other family. Amen. No, I believe a healthier attitude is one of empathy for those who are going through a storm and determination to offer a hand up for those who are trying to stand up. Who knows? Our willingness to speak up for someone other than our kin folks might just bring about deliverance on our kin folks. Who knows? Our willingness to stand up for those who do not share our last name might just give legs to the very ones sleeping under our roofs at night. Who knows? Now, before I turn it loose and it's on me right now, there's another aspect to this admonition which needs to be brought forward. And that is if we won't, God will send another who will. If we won't do it. God will send another who will. If we are not moving in God's will, then God will is great enough. God is wondrous enough. Yes, God is powerful enough to send another who will. Believe it or not, this is a word of hope to the hopeless. Where we started is not where we will finish. Our current predicament is not our finished circumstance and our, uh, uh, our current location is not our final destination. We need to give thanks for the missteps of yesterday. We need to remember the mistakes of yesterday. 
Because it was yesterday that God delivered us. I'm talking to myself right now. It was yesterday that God brought us through our storm. It was yesterday that God raised us up. And now we can go ahead and tell anybody and everybody going through a storm. I don't know how and I don't know when, but I believe that God will. I believe that God will. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, I'm I'm moving on. I'm moving on. The end of our scripture today has Mordecai offering what I believe to be a rhetorical question. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for such a time as this. For such a time as this. Throughout the book of Esther, and I challenge you to read it, um, prove me wrong. I love being being proved wrong. My wife does it quite often. Throughout the book of Esther, nowhere can I find a reference to the Lord. I dare you, find it. A close inspection of Esther and Mordecai reveals that they were not the most observant of Jews. In fact, there's no reference to either Mordecai in his mourning or Esther, Esther in her call to fasting, offering up prayers to the Lord. Think about that. Yet in spite of Mordecai and Queen Esther's spiritual failings, God is still God providing unmerited favor. I'm talking about what good United Methodists uh, refer to as prevenient grace. Prevenient grace. Mordecai may have thought that he had maneuvered Esther into the station that she achieved. And Esther may have figured that it was her brains and beauty that got her into the palace. But truth be told, it was God covering Esther with undeserved love that kept her safe. It was God stirring the heart of a king that made way for Esther. It was God placing that crown on the head of Esther that placed her in a position to help someone other than herself. Queen Esther was Queen Esther because God had deemed it so. Whew. And it was not Esther or Esther's call to be able to sit back and relax with that calling on her life. Esther was placed where Esther was placed for a specific reason. Let me say this right now to everybody in this room. Many of us went to bed last night. I did thinking, OK, I got to get up in the morning and drive to faith church and get myself ready to preach a word. Am I the only one? Some of us went to bed last night saying, OK, I'm going to get up tomorrow. I'm going to go to church in the morning and then I'm going to go hang out and just relax. We made plans. We made plans. But the truth of the matter is that the plan was always God's. Always. It was God that allowed us to lie down last night and send guardian angels to watch over us as we slept. It was God who woke us up this morning clothed in our right mind and with the use of our limbs. It was God who provided travel mercies for us to be able to make it into this place. It was God who allowed the musicians to air to blow their instruments and, and, and us to be able to proclaim the word of God. It was God. And we are not here by accident. 
Let me, I, I just need to say this, and I, I know I'm preaching to the choir. If you come to church and you leave the same way you came, you missed it. There's something, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm, I, there's something transformational about an encounter with the word of God. The word of God will change you. You have been placed here for such a time as this. We have gone through COVID. We have gone through racism. We have gone through the fighting in Ukraine. We have gone through everything that you can imagine trying to tear us down and tear us apart and we're still here. Who knows? It might be that we're here for a reason other than ourself. My prayer is that as we leave this place, we carry that type of a feeling with us so that when we meet people who are lost and can't find their way, when we meet people who are struggling, trying to figure out their right from their left, when we meet people who don't know which way to turn, we can point them to Jesus. We can point them to the one who will carry us. We can go ahead and say, you may not know God, but I know God. Let me let me introduce you. My prayer. My prayer. Is that we all understand. That we're here for a reason. That is not ours, but God's. Who knows? It just might change how we do what we do with each other. Amen. Amen. Amen.